Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. As we uh, walk and learn how to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, we have this understanding of what he has to offer us is so much more than what we could ever imagine for ourselves. And that's saying a lot, because I think that when we think of the plans that we have for us, the dreams, the, the goals that we've set for ourselves, to think that God, what he has in store can exceed all of that, it, it just blows my mind and I'm sure it blows yours as too if you think of that because I don't always feel like I'm realizing my dreams or the vision I have for myself or the plans that I have made for myself. And when I see those things fall apart or not come to fruition the way that I imagined they would, not be realized the way that I expected. I, I feel like if, if I can't even realize these, these dreams that seem so unrealizable to me, how could God possibly have something even greater than that? Until I understand that when I surrender everything that I think I need and want and must have in my life, and I reach instead for what God has to offer, then all of a sudden, my dreams start coming true. My plans begin to be realized. All of a sudden, my goals become achievable. My life begins to reflect the God that has created me and you in his image. And when we think of all that Jesus has come to reveal, we sometimes think that we've got this understood. We've got it figured out. We know enough. Instead of realizing that we are in a spiritual journey where we are continuously unlearning what we think we've learned and know for what Jesus is ready to teach us anew. And everything Jesus did in the scriptures was about giving a newfound perspective and understanding of what it meant to be in relationship with God. And the religious leaders of his day were especially angry with him over this. They had murderous thoughts and intent towards him on a daily basis when he began to perform miracles and contest their teachings and interpretations of the scriptures. And as he went along doing these things, their anger towards Jesus increased. 
Because they saw the world in right and wrong when Jesus came to show them that there was a higher way of seeing and understanding things. And it was understanding what is good. And today we're going to talk about the genius of the good. And there's this beautiful passage in Matthew chapter 14 where Jesus gives this incredible teaching that we're going to look at verse by verse. And it's going to begin at verse 1. And I want you to follow with me on the screen as we see that when Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about Jesus, he said to his advisors, there must be this must be John the Baptist who was raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. And for Herod had arrested and imprisoned John as a favor to his wife Herodias, the former wife of Herod's brother Philip. And John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry her. And Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of a riot because all the people believed John was a prophet. But at a birthday party for Herod, Herodias' daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him. So he promised with a vow to give her anything that she wanted. And at her mother's urging, the girl said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a tray. And then the king regretted what he had said, but because of the vow that he had made in front of his guests, he issued the necessary orders. And so John was beheaded in the prison. And his head was brought on a tray and given to the girl who took it to her mother. And later John's disciples came for his body and they buried it. And then they went and told Jesus what had happened. And as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and they followed on foot from many towns. And then Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and then he healed their sick. And we're going to stop there, and we're going to continue. Um, and so when we see this passage in this story, it's a story of, of John and the fact that Jesus actually never comes to his rescue. John wanted Jesus to rescue him, and there was a point during his imprisonment when he turns to his disciples and he sends a message to Jesus. And the message to Jesus was one of, are you the Messiah? Are you the promised one? And, and Jesus in a crowd cannot at this moment speak clearly and openly about who he is. And so in that moment, he responds with the scripture that he knows that John will understand. And in that moment, he says... I know you're looking for me to declare whether or not I am the Messiah and will rescue you from imminent death. But I'm going to tell you this instead. That those that are blind see, those that are deaf hear, those that are lame and crippled walk. And the dead, they're raised back to life. And when they brought back that message to John, it was enough for John. He gave him the courage to face his death. He knew that he wasn't going to be rescued from that prison. He knew that his life would be lost. But more importantly, he knew that he died doing what was right. 
saying what was right, living for what was right. And his life at the end had more meaning than anyone else's who would have gone along with just what Herod wanted for people to hear. Herod was doing that which was in God's eyes wrong. It was sinful in his sight. It was something that John called out. He spoke the truth about it. And he spoke it in a way that made John enemy number one. Because his wife went to the king and said, you have to take care of this. This is embarrassing. This is shameful. How can you allow one person to speak this way against us? You, who are the most powerful in this kingdom, you're afraid of someone who is not as powerful as you. But she misunderstood what real power was. She misunderstood what real truth was. She misunderstood what was really happening in this story. And instead of it being an opportunity for them to turn away from what had been wrong in their lives, God was now showing everyone else through John's sacrifice that standing for the truth sometimes means it doesn't go well for you. It's hard, isn't it? Sometimes it's just easier to go with what everybody else is doing. But what is beautiful about Jesus is that in the story, he doesn't have to repeat what John has already said. We don't see him backing up John the way we would think he would need to back him up. Because what John had said was truth. And you know what? Everybody in the kingdom knew it. But no one had the courage to stand up and say it. And I honestly believe that what God is looking for is not for us to go around thinking that we are living a perfect life. But to honestly just be true with who we are, where we've been, where we're headed, and how God can lead us all to a better place. If we will finally just allow for the truth to just simply be the truth. The way that he is speaking it to us, revealing it to us, convicting us. You know that, that, that inner voice that we keep trying to strangle to death? <laughs> we just want it to stop telling us what we know needs to change. You know that voice? Anyone else ever hear that? You know what's amazing about that voice? You cannot kill it. <laughs> it survives every assault. It doesn't matter where you go, what you do, how you try to get rid of it. It is always there. It's a voice that not even medication can suppress. <laughs> it can't do it. Because it's the Holy Spirit and you cannot silence the voice of God. 
There is nothing that can keep you from keeping that voice out of your life. And I love the way that Jesus brings us to a place where he wants to elevate our understanding of right and wrong by telling us what is good instead. And and I love the fact that at the beginning of the scriptures, God looks at what he has done and says, it is good. Because this standard is not right and wrong. It's not darkness and just simply light. It is either it is good or it is not. And so what God wants us to do is to stop thinking in right and wrong and start thinking, is this just simply good? Is it good for me? Is it good for everyone around me? Is it good according to the heart of God and according to what the scriptures reveal? Is that the standard by which I'm going to stand on? Because in the time of Jesus, the reason they wanted to kill him so badly was because he kept breaking the rules, especially as it was concerning the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath was a day of rest in which that day was about honoring God and not entering into physical activity because in the same way that God had entered his rest after creation, he wanted everyone to follow that pattern and to take a day of rest in the course of a week. And in that course of a week, there were times when Jesus would be seen healing people on the Sabbath. And there was one particular moment in which he says to the man with a withered hand, he says to that man, be healed. And then Jesus gets in that moment accused of doing that which is wrong. Because on the Sabbath, you were not to do any works. That meant if, if a donkey had fallen into a ditch, that donkey would have to be left there to die. And that meant if a man had a withered hand and Jesus came along and had the power to heal him, Jesus, because it was the Sabbath, needed to keep walking on by and not heal the man. Why? Because it was written. It was translated and interpreted to mean that. And everyone who was religious and everyone who knew what was right and what was wrong knew that what Jesus had done was wrong. And so Jesus turns around and he heals the man with the withered hand anyways. Because Jesus was not interested in right and wrong. He was interested in what was good. See, what religion does, and this is where we can all get trapped, is that we can get stuck so hard and so deep and so far down this well of what we think is right and wrong that we stop thinking about what is good. What Jesus does is that he elevates our thinking to move past right and wrong and look at what is good the way that God sees it. You see, they were walking through the fields and they were picking grain and eating it. And they had done two things wrong on this day. And they were witnesses to it. And they came to Jesus and they came to his disciples and they said, How dare you walk in these fields on a Sabbath? How dare your disciples with unclean hands, having not washed themselves, eating grains of wheat in the field? 
And Jesus looks at them and he says, do you not remember the day in which David, who was the anointed king of Israel, fleeing from Saul with his mighty men, when they walked into the temple and they ate the bread that was on the altar, that was left there for the priests to distribute and to offer their sacrifice. In that moment, we accept that what David did was okay. But you criticize me and my disciples for this? Isn't what David did wrong? Did he not eat that which was forbidden? It could only be touched by the priests. Did he not eat a sacrifice that was being offered to God? Did he not do what was wrong? And yet, he is honored for doing what is good. You see, there are moments in our lives where it's going to be so clear to us that that moment isn't a right and wrong moment. It is one where we are being shown what is good instead. And we have to have the eyes to see this, the ears to hear it, the moment in our hearts to understand it. I'm not talking about distorting the Word of God to please us. I'm not talking about denying the truth of the Word so that we can just keep living the way that we want. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about really doing good. They came to Jesus and they said, you cannot go to Zacchaeus' house. Don't you know who he is? He's stolen from everybody in this town. And Jesus says, today, I'm going to eat with Zacchaeus and his friends. Because I don't care about you. You're right and you're wrong. I care about what is good. Can we say amen to that? care about what is good and when he went and he sat with them what happened God changed and transformed Zacchaeus Zacchaeus comes out of that meal completely a different person and he decides to give everybody back the money that he stole four times the amount because you keep a ledger what was supposed to go to the Hebrews what was supposed to go to the Romans and what was supposed to go to him and so he knew what he had taken from everybody. He was good with numbers, that dude. <laughs> and he knew that no one would believe that he was truly changed until he did something that was truly good. And so he gave everybody back four times what he stole. And it was no longer about what was right and what was wrong. It was only about what was good. And Zacchaeus showed everybody that. He proved it. And he proved that Jesus had done in his life what was good. You see, Jesus wants us to experience a transformation of our own intention. And he wants us to live life through the most good that is possible. Can we say amen to that? The most good that is possible. That's what he wants to accomplish. That's what he wants to do in all of us. And so we just have to ask ourselves, is it good to do good on the day that honors God? 
And is that all the good that we are going to do? Or are we going to do the good that honors God every day? Because every day is an opportunity for us to reveal the Sabbath in the way that we live. That any day could be the Sabbath. That any day could be a declaration of how we can honor God. How we can live for Him. How we can do good for Him. That any day is an opportunity for us to do good. And not get stuck in the minutia of the right and the wrong. But to find a way to love God and to love people the way that He has commanded us. That is the good that He is asking us to do. That is the good that he wants to reveal in us and through us. That the religious always would rather keep the rules than do good. It's more important for them that the rules are kept. The rules are more important than anything. They don't know what grace is. They don't understand what it looks like to forgive truly a person, to give them another opportunity, to give them another chance, to give them another way, to show them that they are still loved even though what they did was wrong. It's okay to love people. It's okay to love them deeply. It's okay to love them and want to do good for them even when they have done wrong. It is okay, and Jesus over and over again shows us this and reveals us this. Never use religion to be blinded by the rules when the needs of humanity are so clearly before us. When Jesus got out of that boat, man, he didn't say... My disciples here are going to take down your names. We're going to give you a number. And hopefully I can get to every single one of you. But when I got on that boat and I took my vacation, I didn't expect you guys to just like hijack it like that. I came to take my day of rest on this beach. I don't know what you guys are all doing here. I'll see you all tomorrow. Or in seven days. Didn't you get my out-of-office response when you sent an email? What are you doing in my face today when it's my day of rest? Jesus gets out of the boat and he heals every one of them. Because it was more important to do good than to just simply do what he had imagined was right for him. Do you understand what's happening in the stories? It wasn't about what was right and wrong. It was about what was good. And what needed to happen is that every one of them needed to be touched. Every one of them needed to be healed. Every one of them needed to receive something from God that day. And he wasn't going to be the one who turned them away. And neither should we when we are in a moment where we know God is speaking to us. Guys, there have been times when I've been drained. I've been so tired. I've been so exhausted. And then someone says, I need to see you. I need to talk to you. I need to be with you. I need to somehow figure out what's happening in my life. And in that moment, I don't think about what's right and wrong. I just think about what is good. And if I don't do what is good in that moment, this person may never want to reach out again. Not to me. They may find somebody else, but they won't want to reach out to God, and I can't have that on my conscience. You see, we have to be about what is good. Doing good 
is always based on one's essence and not one's performance. I want God to show me what good is. I want him to teach me what good is in every moment of my life. Not about following rules that tell my performance that I'm doing what is right and what is wrong. I don't need that. I don't need those rules. I want to be good from the inside like he was. I want him to show me what goodness is. I want to do good in this world the way that he did. I want to be good. Because there is no standard that is higher. There's no way of thinking that is better. God is saying it's not about right or wrong. It's about being good. Jesus stood before haters and went to the cross because he was good. Through and through, he showed us what good was. Was it right that he was tried that way under lies? No. Was it right that they released Barabbas instead of him? No. Was it right that all the charges of him saying things were twisted out of context so they could accuse him? Was that right? No. But Jesus willingly went to the cross because it was good. He gave his life for all of us because it was good. And that's who we are following. We are following the only one that is good. And he teaches us to be good. You know, living your life always trying to do the right thing is exhausting. And it's so unrewarding. And we also often just get it wrong. Has anybody else lived that? And when that happens to us, you know what I've learned in my life? When people were looking at me and saying, Pastor, how did you, how did you, how did you get rid of those habits when you were just starting out? How did you break those chains that were on you? How, how, did, how did you leave those things behind? You know what my answer was? I just didn't have time for them anymore. I was too busy doing good. I was just too busy doing good. See, the more time I had on my hands, the worse I was with that time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do not trust me with time. I will mess that up. I will do the wrong thing nine times out of ten. You give me time, and I'm going to do something wrong with it. So I learned I'm going to get busy doing good. And when I got busy doing good, guess what? I didn't have any more time for my bad habits. There was no more time going there, doing that, seeing him, doing this, doing that. No more time taking that, ingesting that. No more time. No more time. Because I was too busy doing good. You want to break habits in your life? Start doing good. Start going in the direction of that which is good. Because it's never about what is right and wrong. That is not what it is. It is always about what is good. 
And if that becomes your standard, hey, there is no one and nothing in this world, nothing in this life that is going to stop you. Because they couldn't stop Jesus and they can't stop you either. Because that which is good is forever in you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Would you stand with me as you would close in a word of prayer? Father, I want to thank you for every person here and just for the way that you are welcoming each of us into your good. Your understanding of that and your expression of that and your freedom of that and the way that we have been delivered by that. How you were teaching us to do good instead of being trapped by our habits and how you were showing us that it's not about right and wrong, but it's about doing good the way you did it. Lord, thank you that you are freeing us from the bondages of the past and how you are in this moment giving us a newfound understanding of what it looks like to be good like you are good, to follow in your footsteps. When you said the words, be perfect, like my Father in heaven is perfect, you were saying, do good. And Lord, I thank you that today we have understood that a little bit better. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.